0: Welcome to the Adapting Places podcast. I'm um, just going to continue a series of talks that are mirroring my PhD in decision-making under uncertainty uh, with a focus on some of the data that I'm collecting at the moment. I've had a couple of exciting interviews, uh, but also some weird dreams as I'm spending a lot of time analyzing. <laughs> oh, It's really hilarious. I had a had this dream. Of uh, me being somewhere. Felt like in America. But I know it was inspired by the movie. The Big Short. Uh, If you haven't seen it. It's about the. How the economic crash of 2008 happened. It's kind of a. Ritual movie for me and my wife. We watch it. Very often. As a little reminder. Um, I remember in my dream. It was really funny. I got the. So I was being taken around by someone that was like a like a fancy tour guide type. Uh and we were in a really fancy pool and there was alcohol and cigars. Uh there was definitely a party. And at one point I asked him, Okay, so what do you do for a living? And then he pointed around the city and said, you know, like this. I'm selling this like a lifestyle to future investors um, because the state uh, or the government officials can't like do this kind of entertaining themselves. They hire someone that they trust to do this kind of thing. So I just have to do it, entertain people and sell them a lifestyle. And I maybe have been suppressing this view for a while because I have been involved deeply in place branding and i started with a critical view because it does seem like we're we're selling people's lives our own lives uh to investors when we create these you know images of cities and countries that are too polished but also obviously i understand you can't like say they're not desirable um i've been involved in trying to do a vision for a place felt good really felt good uh even though you realize that's probably not the right approach um, but it was interesting that that's still there for me um to be critical of what's going on because i know the archetype of the person that i was imagining there was from the from the big short the movie cuz in one scene there is a like the main, one of the main guys is talking to uh he's not a hedge fund manager he's a manager of a i actually i think it might be a hedge fund but that invests specifically on these cdo's as much as i remember what a cdo is it was just basically gambling on on other people not paying off their their debts basically and rippling that out across the economy and there was that person that was responsible for selling those kind of investments to people while at the same time uh, packaging them as an investment to someone else. And they kind of knew what was happening, but they were very well reimbursed. They were living a good lifestyle, but also not really following through that when things go tits up, they're the the first people that are going to bite it as well. So um, I know that that's probably what I was thinking about. I know that's not what people are intending to do but uh are we in some ways in our practice of uh, you know promoting and marketing and branding places doing this because it's dangerous it's we can we can drink our own boot, bootleg our own uh dreams buy them so uh, starting with that optimistic dream, <laughs> I'm going to talk about uh, human nature, which I don't think is is like that, uh, because I've kind of talked about um, the fundamental nature of reality, which I think is very uncertain. I've talked about how we can know it, uh, and kind of the, the distinction between two schools of thought on how to study people, Uh and so these two being the kind of the heuristics and biases. Oh, my dog is... Oreo, Oreo, come here, boy. Yes, good boy. Yes, Oreo, you've got yourself a cameo. Uh, so I've outlined the two perspectives. So the heuristics and biases, focusing a lot on bias and the flaws of decision-making that people have in studying the world. And then the other one uh, that highlights the the focus on understanding uh, how specifically people do that studying even though it has a bias of course much like any tools that we might use to know reality be they more sophisticated or more heuristic like more rules of thumb like they will have a bias but still study them in detail uh, because then uh, maybe there's something to be learned from that so i've covered this often Uh, now i wanted to, to talk a little bit about why i think that's why i've leaned in my phd research onto the onto the uh more well it's i'll call it cognitive uh, and evolutionary uh perspective and uh, rather than the more behavioral one so behavior is you know observing people from the outside how they act because that's more informative than what they think in some ways you know that's kind of more on the heuristics and biases side uh and that has a bigger tradition in behavioral economics, but more and more, I think the other one about studying how people make decisions might find... I think it's useful. It's found its way uh, very e- easily in computer science and, you know, all of the fancy discussions about algorithms. Well, I think pe- people's rules of thumb, if you ask them in detail what they do, they might have some, some summaries... That they might tell you, which might sound trivial, but when you ask them in detail how they work, they're very much similar to to algorithms, but obviously not as clearly and explicitly held in our minds because you always have to recall the full thing. Well, it's, what's the point of of having um, this uh, thinking? It's uh, mm, what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that. Um, the whole point of having these shortcuts is so that you don't have to think about it every time uh you've summarized it more and more, and uh, this is speculative because it's not my area, but I've heard other people talk about this where you're able to also probably transfer some of these uh, learned behaviours into you know uh out of out of your conscious awareness wherever it goes into the brain. I'm not a specialist in that I don't even want to get into that discussion because I'm definitely going to make mistakes, super exciting for me, because somehow it grounds things, Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's for me to comment on that, but it's uh, definitely related to learning in some way, Um, and specifically from the data that I've been getting, it's really interesting when I walk people through their life history of where they've lived, and I've been fascinated by how vividly people remember places and they talk about how they can't be separated from uh, their personal experiences which from literature and geography is kind of known that's why i've i even chose to study people's uh, decisions related to place because place feels um very trivial you know when people talk about it it's one of the first three things you talk to people about when you're getting to know them you know hi you know the party you just say hi i'm so and so from wherever used to be even in people's names you know Leonardo da Vinci was from da Vinci and so it's not a touchy topic and yet it's so related to the self that once you talk to people about the place they really open up about their own thinking so in my interviews i do find and. In an hour and a half, the first half an hour is always, I'm always concerned like are we going to get to talk about the real stuff I'm interested in and then people just open up because once you talk about place, how they perceive it, you just start really getting to know them very well and then it's easy to pinpoint the big moments because a lot of times uh, that interesting phenomenon of people really remember the place around them as well when they've they've had these you know big moments of their life like for example i had a you know i literally had a some one of the participants talk about an experience of remembering 9-11 the uh, world trade center terrorist attack and how after that he knew uh, he needed to move away and uh, that made that meant uh, they needed to make a decision to move away because that could happen, and you could you could think straight away. You know, there's a lot of the behavioral economics literature around how irrational that would be because of the stats. Uh, but the process of how then he went about uh, making the decision, it was um, it was very much using the head, uh, doing pros and cons lists, and discussing over the long term uh, with his wife and i explicitly even asked you know was there written pros and cons list because that's very much a kind of you know it's it's considered more rational i do ask people if they think they made rational decisions in that case um, i got the rule of thumb from that participant that was really interesting you know just follow your heart and not your head and that sounds very trivial right like when you hear it it's like oh but being talked through the process of what that means and the example of you know the heart is being able to work things that you know you find naturally interesting or you have this sense of what needs to happen but then always using your head to take time and make a decision and one of the things that was uh, recommended was also to never make a decision while in in a state of crisis and in the behavioral economic literature economics literature that is known as tilt uh, it's been a very useful thing for me to learn over the years personally and uh, not to make decisions while emotionally uh, in tilt uh, i've even crystallized it with my wife we use that <laughs> you know when someone's in tilt we tell each other and then it's almost like I, I tend to say, get off my back. <laughs> I'm in tilt <laughs> mode. And that's been very helpful. So, one of the things that, so, so the clear thing I, I'm talking about here is the difference between a concept and a process. So, people's concepts of what they call their rules of thumb, if you don't have the patience to ask them what they mean of the process that they're going to go through, um, then it might, they, they might sound, a bit like cliches um, because they might mean a different thing than the traditional thing but that's like the entry point that they consider you might know of so that's one thing that i've been thinking about with my data and another interesting thing that i wanted to mention that just went out of my head Uh, let me just check my notes. I actually did make some notes as reminders for this. Uh... Oh, yeah. Yes. So uh, I've been thinking about how generalizable these rules of thumb are. Could you apply them to a different setting? Because uh, that's the, I think, at the surface level, the, the usefulness to these generalizations because you have a process that worked in a certain domain. So in choosing a place, then can you lift it and shift it and use it to choose um, a job, uh, choose whatever. and I would have to really compare all of the rules of thumb that people have talked to me about to then see if there is a common structure. And that's something that's suggested in the literature. Uh, but I'll need to see if, if there is a commonality and divergence in specific ways and the rules of thumb that people talk about. Uh, but it's a, it's a bloody pleasant experience doing these kind of interviews, I have to say, compared to uh, I actually do a very similar thing in my day job where i ask people about their what i would call them rules of thumb as well but but they tend to be about trivial things you know how do you how do you print out a pdf you know Mm -hmm. Uh, because people find that they shouldn't be giving me all the detail but when you need to program new software it's actually quite crucial to know the detail uh, because then you you, you're kind of anticipating certain problems Uh, so doing it at a more uh general level and talking about people's strive for finding a good place to live in it's uh, more interesting because you get a lot of interesting detail and i do hope that some of that interesting detail as well will be a part of the contribution even though i'm mostly interested in decision making uh by now i have uh so many different cities mentioned. I I put everything that was mentioned on a map. I've only got some gaps uh around Africa, um uh the south of South America, the uh Russia, um a bit in the Central Asia with the different stands, uh Eastern Europe actually where I'm from originally uh, but it's interesting uh, I've got you know from 11 people I've had such a breadth of experience of where they've lived and also places that they think about so that's quite interesting you know what's the imagination they have for places they haven't visited and how this comes about is an interesting question for uh, place branding uh, rather than decision-making and the descriptions that people have of place, I've been starting to have you know, create, created these little percepts, so chunks, so every chunk of a mention of a place, whether it's going to be related to the physical location, anything to do with the locale, uh, you know, how people tend to go about their business there, or any feeling uh, related to a place, any sense of place. and. Personal experience as well in these places. So I've interestingly I've tried to split them out into these kind of, you know, location, locale, sense of place and personal experience while I was analyzing. And up until now it's just not proved easy. So it's definitely an enforced categorization. I mean, in the geography literature these things are talked about as uh intertwined and emergent you know that at a certain location you get people that mingle and then there is a sense of place that emerges Uh, so it's interesting to see that trying to almost disprove it because i almost thought that these could be different percepts different types of you know perceptual data almost that people get and if if i could distinguish them oreo oreo come on you're too intense that's it, good boy. Um, so trying to split them out, it's not a natural, naturally occurring category. It was definitely me trying to force it. And thinking about it now, it, it makes me really feel comfortable with uh, qualitative analysis because I used to think that it would be easy to force things a certain way. But it's actually quite difficult. Like you kind of know when you're wishing the data go a certain way and it's nice to think about how you know whatever you're looking at the data is starting to lead you and for me spending four years of literature review and uh, only now having pers- uh, like real data i was almost scared that i'll keep talking about the the literature and not through my data which um well it would be armchair kind of science right but the data just finds its way through me because it's people that i've spoken to i know them i remember their stories and now it's going to be about getting more of them and finding a way to tell the story that's entertaining because i mean somebody has to read this even if it's going to be just a few reviewers and the chunking up into papers and chapters of writing would be easier but the full thing i need to find a way to bring out the key themes that have come out but also not abstract away from humans because something happens when we abstract away from people too much these days i see it in our in the way our technology gets made in the way that the economics and certain disciplines become dehumanizing because they've abstracted too much and you lose the touch between your original uh data and the theory so I don't wanna do that but it's uh I still don't know how to do this exactly but it's a it's an interesting challenge so that's all i wanted to talk about on this episode but was it supposed it was supposed to be more around human nature did i talk about that because i look at human nature is through the lens of decision making and maybe for me to talk about anything more abstract would be dangerous it'll be too out of the scope of what i've got actually i mean I've, i've been reading a lot of philosophy obviously but i think it's not for me to be the the expert in that it's just exciting reading because i find it actually quite practical but yeah i think i'll leave it at that i've got another five interviews booked in over the next few days so i'll have a lot more to talk about and share